welcome to the Super High Yield Anesthesia Podcast, where we will discuss high yield concepts for students on their anesthesia rotation. I am your host, Scott, the fourth year medical student. Thanks for tuning in to the very first episode of the Super High Yield Anesthesia Podcast. And today we'll talk about the preoperative evaluation. So to give you a basic outline of this episode, we're first going to go through the history portion. So like the different components that goes inside there. Then we're going to talk about the focus physical exam. Then we'll discuss assigning an ASA classification for the patient. And lastly, we'll give you tips and suggestions on how to present your patient to your attendings or to your team. And with that, let's go ahead and get started. So I'm going to start by saying that both the history and physical are not going to be the full length HMP that you've taken in your internal medicine or pediatrics rotation. Instead, it's gonna be very focused with the primary goal of identifying existing disease and how that's going to affect the course of the surgery. So if you've taken an emergency medicine rotation, it's gonna be more like that. It's gonna be very focused straight to the point and the idea is to get the most high yield information as quickly as possible. So the general format of how I go about taking the history is I would start with the past surgical history and then I go to the focus present medical history. Then I ask the other questions. So like the different medications allergies, social history, family history, and MPO status. So I start with the past surgical history because I feel like it flows a little bit better because the patient is there for a surgery. And based on that context, we're able to bring up the topic a little bit easier. So when reviewing the past surgical history, you are not only going to try to figure out what surgeries they had, but more importantly, you're going to try to find out if they had any types of complications due to the anesthesia. So there are two high yield questions that you can ask during this portion of the history. One is, have you had any problems with anesthesia? For example, any nausea, vomiting, or like allergic reaction? And two, has anyone ever told you that there was trouble putting the breathing tube? So with those two questions, you were able to figure out if one, if the patient had any adverse reactions to the anesthesia, and two, if there's any problem securing the airway. Because if you know this information, you're able to plan a little bit better to try to avoid it in this particular case. So next, we're going to talk about the focus present medical history. And the way we're going to do this is to go through each system one by one. 
And the way I like to approach it is like a top-down approach. Like if you think of the anatomy. So for example, I'm going to start by asking questions about the airway. Then I'm going to move down to talk about the cardiovascular system, the pulmonary system. And then we go down a little bit more, ask about the liver, any GI issues. And then from there, we're going to ask about any endocrine issues. Then lastly, ask about any renal issues. And the key goal for all of these systems is to determine, one, the presence of disease, two, the severity of disease, three, the duration, and four, the treatment. So if the patient has a positive history for it, a specific disease, you can try to find out a little bit more about it. So you can follow up with different questions like, how long have you had it? And are you taking any medications for it? And if it seems like they've had a disease for a while, you can ask, have you gotten any labs or imaging for it recently? So when you ask these questions, it would be helpful to determine any, to determine if there's any optimization that you could do and if there's any additional testing that you have to do before the surgery. And for the surgery itself, it can help you determine the different monitors and the types of anesthetics you will be using during the case. Now we're going to get to it and talk about the airway. So if you haven't done so already, here you can ask if the patient has any prior difficulty of securing their airway, whether it be intubations or any difficulty doing mask ventilations. But the big thing for airway is we're going to try to screen for obstructive sleep apnea. So the mnemonic that you can use to remember the different criteria for it is STOP BANG. And this stands for snoring, tired, such that you're sleepy during the day, observed, which is for being observed to stop breathing during sleep, pressure, or if they're receiving any blood pressure treatments, BMI greater than 35, age greater than 50 years old, neck greater than 40 centimeters, and gender, and this greater risk if the patient is male. So again, stop, bang, and that's snoring, tired, observed, pressure, BMI, age, neck, and gender. And if the patient is positive for greater than or equal to five of those items, then they qualify for the diagnosis of obstructive sleep apnea. And having that would make securing the airway a little bit more difficult. So you have to plan and accommodate for that. And after you screen for obstructive sleep apnea, you can ask the patient about their dentition. So for example, if they have any dentures or do they have any missing or loose teeth? And the importance of doing this is because teeth could be aspirated. So you want to be aware of this before you go into the surgery. And the next system is cardiovascular. And the very big idea for this is to determine if the patient has enough functional capacity to actually endure the surgery. 
So if they're super sick, they will likely need additional cardiac testing just to confirm that they are actually able to endure the surgery. So when asking about cardiovascular health, you can ask if they had any types of heart disease. So particularly ask if they had, if they have high blood pressure, coronary artery disease, congestive heart failure, a history of myocardial infarction or stroke. And regarding high blood pressure, you're more worried if your blood pressure is greater than or equal to 180 systolic and greater than or equal to 110 diastolic blood pressure. And if the patient has a positive history for those particular diseases, helpful follow-up questions could include asking if they have any chest pain, any shortness of breath, especially at night, any vision changes, any postural lightheadedness, and inquire about their exercise tolerance. So one thing is called the poor man's stress test. And you ask the patient what happens when they climb two flights of stairs. And you're seeing if they experience any symptoms like the chest pain or shortness of breath, because that can indicate things like angina or other types of cardiopulmonary disease. So if the patient has any of those kind of symptoms and they haven't been worked up with like a stress test or anything, then it is probably a good idea to do that prior to the surgery. And if the patient has a, a significant history of cardiac disease, you can also inquire about past imaging techniques. So like any echocardiography in the past or if they've had anything like a 12-lead EKG done. And here's a keynote. So if the patient comes in with an emergent situation, so for example, if they've had a ruptured abdominal aneurysm and they're going to your like even if they've had a history of heart disease, you are definitely not going to stop the, the surgery for a stress test. So do not delay any life-saving treatments for evaluations like a stress test. That's a big no-no, so don't do that. Okay. So the next system is the pulmonary system. And you want to determine if they have any diseases like COPD or asthma and see if it's well-controlled or not. Other useful information is finding out what triggers any episodes and if they were ever hospitalized for any of those conditions. Another useful question to ask is if they had any recent changes in the symptoms of their disease. So for example, if there are any changes in shortness of breath, any changes in the speed limb, or any wheezing. So once you determine the severity of this, it kind of helps you determine if you like to do further testing like getting another pulmonary function testing prior to the surgery. And it can help you determine if you want to try to pre-treat 
conditions like asthma before the surgery and or working on smoking cessation for COPD. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. And the next organ system we're going to discuss is the hepatic system and the GI system. So for the liver, we just want to figure out if there's any history of liver disease, including things like cirrhosis, because diseases like that can affect coagulation in which the patient might need different blood products, and it's a relative contradiction for regional anesthesia. Liver problems can also affect drug metabolism, and this is important to know because many types of drugs depend on hepatic transformation to metabolize and excrete them. And lastly, patients with severe liver disease could have an increase in amount of free drug due to decreased albumin formation. So that can cause a drug to have an increased duration effect because there's more of the free drug. And regarding GI disorders, one thing you're going to look for is a history of GERD because if they have severe reflux, that poses an aspiration risk. And other things like gastric paresis, if the patient has very severe, very severe diabetes with peripheral neuropathy, that can also pose an aspiration risk. So definitely good idea to figure out if they have any of those kind of things. Okay, next is the endocrine system. And there's a few things that go under this. So we're gonna go through it one by one. So first is to determine if they have diabetes. So type one or type two and see if it's controlled or not. And you can ask, if they know their A1C and if they're taking any medications for it. And generally speaking, patients get their glucose and A1C taken in the morning of the surgery. And depending on how bad the hyperglycemia it is, the patient could be started on insulin and then postponed until later in the day or if it's way too high, the case can be canceled altogether. And that's definitely something I saw on my rotations. And another key thing to note about diabetes is it's highly associated with various other disorders. So things like coronary disease and hypertension. If they have diabetes, be on lookout for other comorbid disorders. The next endocrine disorder is any thyroid issues, whether it be things like Graves' disease or Hashimoto's uh, thyroiditis. These things could have various metabolic effects that affects multiple organ systems. So for example, things like cardiovascular and renal function. And like for diabetes, you wanna figure out if it's controlled or not, if they're taking any medications for it. Next, you want to assess if they are taking any steroids because if they've been using it recently, the patient might need pre-op steroids to prevent any adrenal insufficiency. And lastly, you want to screen for any other diseases like a pheochromocytoma because that will need additional pre-op treatments and monitoring during the surgery. 
And the last organ system we're going to uh, ask about is the renal system. And you just want to determine if they have any history of renal disease. So for example, chronic kidney disease, any past renal failure, anything like an autosomal dominant polycystic kidney disease, you want to note that here because renal disease could affect a different or could affect the clearance of the different anesthetics. Okay, now that we got through the focus present medical history, we're going to ask the rest of the history questions. And the mnemonic that I like to use is MASH FN. So that stands for medications, allergies, social history, family history, and NPO status. So for medications, you'd be asking this during the present medical history, but this is where like if you want to ask to make sure you didn't miss any medications or any supplements. So like the way you've been doing it before, you're going to ask about the route they're taking it, dosage, timing, and their last dose, and pay specific attention to drugs like anticoagulants, any antihypertensives, any antibiotics, and essentially any drugs that affects the heart or lungs. Regarding allergies, you can do the same thing as you've been doing before. So asking about allergies to medications, food, and environment, and ask what happens when they're exposed to those things. Okay. Uh, social history, so pay attention to the smoking history, alcohol, illicit drug use, and high yield point about smoking for boards is you want them to stop smoking six to eight weeks before the surgery. Uh, regarding family history, you're not going to take the full history like you did for internal medicine or family medicine. You specifically want to determine if any of their family members had adverse reactions to anesthesia. So for example, malignant hypertension. And lastly, determine the NPO status. So when and what their last meal was and what their last drink was. And when you get through all those questions, the last IEO question for you to ask is, is there anything you think I missed? Because sometimes that actually cues the patient to tell you something that's uh, extremely valuable. So now that we got through the focus history, now we're going to talk about the focus physical exam. And this will compose of the airway exam, heart, lungs, and only a permanent abdominal exam and checking the peripheral vessels. For the first part of the physical exam, always check the vitals and then move on to the rest of it. So after looking at the vitals, you would do the airway exam, but we're going to save that for the next episode because that's a very high yield topic. So we're going to go to the heart now and basically just listen for the rate, rhythm, and for any murmurs. And for the lungs, listen to both sides, listen for any adventitious sounds, check for symmetric breathing, and note if they are moving air easily or not, and if they're showing any signs of distress. So for example, if they're using accessory muscles to breathe. 
So for the other exams, you're not really going to focus on these like you would for internal medicine. But things like the abdominal exam, you would note if they have massive ascites or you notice things like a caput medusa kind of thing. And you've, you're going to check things like the peripheral vessels if you're planning on placing an arterial line. And lastly, you can check the veins for IV access. Next is you're going to review any labs. And these might not be necessary if you have a really healthy patient undergoing like a non-complicated elective surgery. So you're definitely going to use your patient history and the type of surgery to determine what labs you're going to need. So for example, a patient that has diabetes, it'd probably be a good idea to get an A1C or if the patient has any liver problems, it'd be a good idea to get coagulation studies and any LFTs. Okay, now that we got through the history and physical, we're going to work on the assessment portion. And in anesthesia, this is assigning an ASA score. And ASA stands for American Society of Anesthesiologists. And they came up with a criteria that tells you how sick the patient is. And you're mostly going to use uh, an ASA between one and five. So one being a normal healthy patient and five being a patient who's not expected to survive without the operation. So now I'll just fill in the, the blanks in between. The ASA2 is a patient with mild systemic disease. ASA3 is a patient with severe systemic disease. And ASA4 is a patient with severe systemic disease that is a constant threat to life. And there is an ASA6, but that is a patient that's declared brain dead and their, and their organs are being removed for donor purposes. Okay, so we got through the history, got through the fiscal and assigned the ASA score. Now it's time to present the patient. So the journal format includes three main portions, I guess. First is the one-liner that summarizes the, the patient. Two is the HMP findings. And lastly, it's going to be your anesthetic plan. So your one-liner is going to be very similar to how you've done in the past, especially for the Mercy Medicine one-liner. But the, the template is the patient name is a blank year old male or female with a past history of the significant findings. Presents today for the name of the surgery to treat diagnosis. So for example, you can say Mrs. Smith is a 47-year-old female with a past history of type 2 diabetes and presents today for a lab coli to treat cholelithiasis. The next portion, we're going to present your HMP findings. And for the history, this is going to depend on your attending, but there's two general ways you can do this. Either one, in order by the systems you took it, or in order of severity. 
And regarding the physical, definitely start by mentioning the vitals. So if everything is normal, at the very least, say vitals are normal or vitals are stable, then you discuss the findings of the airway exam and any other relevant physical exam findings. So if heart and lungs were normal, definitely mention that. And the last part is your anesthetic plan. And definitely when you first start out, it's going to be difficult to fill in every single blank. So if anything, just say you're going to do general anesthesia and your attending or resident would uh, help you out with the rest of it. But various topics to include in your anesthetic plan, or at least try to include as you build your repertoire, includes any pre-op medications. So for example, you could give midazolam for preoperative anxiolysis, the setup. So this includes things like the monitors and how you're going to manage the airway, your induction plan. So things like propofol, the neuromuscular blocks, things like that. Your maintenance plan. So for example, you could use the anesthetic gases, a plan for post-op nausea and vomiting. And that includes things like dexamethasone before the case, ondansetron for after, and lastly, involve uh, pain control. So for example, you can use fentanyl during a surgery or morphine during post-op. And that wraps up this episode on pre-op evaluation. I feel like this one is going to be relatively long, but it is very important for you to master this. And I hope it helps you during your rotation. And I want to end each episode on a light note. So I'm going to give you like different jokes, puns, or fun facts at the end of each episode. So today is a pun given to me by one of my close friends and it goes, don't hate, ventilate. Okay, thanks for listening. This is Scott, the fourth year medical student and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.